ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه اما بعد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارham ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله واحسن الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر امور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ثم اما بعد الحمد لله على نعمه الاسلام والسنه all praise and thanks belong to allah for guiding us to islam and for guiding us to the sunnah qala allah jalla wa ala fi kitabihi alkarim allah he says in his noble book tilka ayatul kitab tilka ayatul kitab alhakim hudan wa rahmatan lil muhsinin allah ta'ala he says what means these are the verses of the wise book these are the verses of the wise book and in last week's khutbah we looked at some of the angles which show the wisdom of the quran and how the quran is appropriate in every which way shape and form and how it is a perfect guidance for our life al-shaykh sa'di al-alama he mentions he says walakin ma'a annahu hakim he says but however even with the fact of it being wise meaning the quran even with the fact of the quran being wise containing wisdom most appropriate perfect guidance for our lives and that the quran yad'u ila kulli khuluq karim and that it calls to every praiseworthy noble characteristic wan yanha an kulli khuluqin laim and it prevents and it forbids every repugnant and lowly despicable characteristic even with this being the case اكثر الناس محرومون لاهتداء به most of the people they are prevented from being guided by it 
most of the people, they are prevented from being guided by it. Ya ibadullah. If we were to reflect just upon this statement, we will realize a number of things from them. Is that if we truly understood and we truly had knowledge and understanding about that which is in the Quran, we will benefit from it. Our lives will be enriched by it. Why? Because it calls to every good characteristic. It calls to every good characteristic. Everything that is good, it calls us to. And it forbids every evil and repugnant characteristic. If we really understood what was in the Quran, then our lives will be enhanced, they will be enriched, they will change for the better. If we truly understood the nature of what was here, we will cling on to it, we will hold on to it, we will live our lives in accordance to it. Also, what we take away from this, from the many things which can be benefited from that particular statement is that what? Is that if we were to convey unto others that which is in the Quran, the one that has an aql, the one that has right intelligence, of course, after they have been given the tawfiq from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will accept it. They will acknowledge its superiority. They will acknowledge its value, so on and so forth. When one understands this reality, then he will understand the fact and the reason why the shaytan tries to bring a bad image to the deen of al-Islam. Why? To push people away from looking inside the Quran to begin with. These are just things to contemplate and reflect over. Most of the people, Imam Sa'di rahmatullahi goes on to say, Most of them, they are turned away. They reject Iman and acting in accordance to it. Except for the one whom Allah Ta'ala has giving him the success and the one whom Allah Ta'ala he has safeguarded and protected in his regard. And these are the ones who are the rightly guided. Huh? These are the ones who are the rightly guided. Thus Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala goes on to say in the next ayah, A guidance and a mercy for who? For the muhsinun. For those who are good doers, the goodly doers. It is a guidance for them. Naam. وَالْهُمْ الْمُحْسِنُونَ فِي عِبَادَةِ فِي عِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِمْ وَالْمُحْسِنُونَ إِلَى الْخَلْقِ You will find that these individuals, the good doer, the believer, they are those who, they are good doers and they excel in the worship of their Lord and they are good doers as relates to interaction with the people. They interact with the people in the most good way. Allah Ta'ala says, يعني, It is a guidance. A guidance for who? لهم. For them. For the believers. For the good doers. It guides them to the straight path. The Quran. The Sunnah of Mustafa. والسلام, it guides to the right path. It guides to the straight path. It guides to the right way. And it warns them. It warns them from the various paths, S, plural, from the various paths that lead to the hellfire. Because the path that leads to the Jannah, it is Sirat. One way. One way leads to the Jannah. But the path that will lead to the hellfire, then there are Turuq. There are different ways, various ways 
various paths to destruction, but it's only one right way of doing it. And that is that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed to us in the Quran. That which the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he has come to teach us inside of his sunnah. This Quran is a guidance. وَرَحْمَةً And it is a mercy. لِمَنْ لَهُمْ لِلْمُحْسِنِينَ It is a mercy for who? For them, for the goodly doors, for the good doors. تَحْصُلُ لَهُمْ بِهِ السَّعَادَةِ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةِ By way of the guidance that comes inside of the Qur'an, then they will be and they will receive what guidance? They will, they will be happy. They will be able to attain happiness. Where? فِي الدُّنْيَا In this world. Where else? وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ And in the hereafter. Those who what? Who hold on to the Qur'an. Live their lives in accordance with the Qur'an. And they will get a lot of good. And they will get a great reward. And they will get happiness and delightment and enjoyment, so on and so forth. And misguidance will be turned away from them, will be repelled from them. And misery will be repelled away from them. For who? For those who hold on to the to, to the Quran. For those who hold on to the guidance of Ar-Rahman. These are the ones who will be happy. These are the ones who will be guided. These are the ones who have upon them mercy. These are those who are upon guidance. These are those who... Misery, misguidance, and the like will be pushed away from them. These ones who are goodly doers. But Allah Jalla wa'ala, He doesn't leave us just with that, just with the mention of the muhsinun, the goodly doers. But then Allah Ta'ala, He gives to us something from their description. He gives to us something from their description. Contemplate, ya ibad. Contemplate. Because the reality is not shaped by our claims. But rather we have to do what is incumbent upon us to do. We have to be upright as we have been commanded to be upright. And based upon what we put forth, then that will be the reality as relates to our situation and not just what we be saying. ولجميع المسلمين فاستغفروا فإنه هو الغفور الرحيم بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد يا عباد الله contemplate الله جل وعلا he tells us in the opening of Surah Luqman ألف لام ميم تلك آيات الكتاب الحكيم what translated means? Alif, lam, mim. This 
or these are the ayat, the verses of a wise book, a guidance and a mercy for those who do good. What are some of the descriptions of those who do good? Allah Jalla wa'ala doesn't leave us to figure it out and to come up with within what should the good one do. But Allah Jalla wa'ala, He gives us some examples. He mentions to us some of their characteristics. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Those who establish their prayers. Those who establish their prayers. Not those who pray. Those who establish their prayers. There's a lot that goes into the establishment of the prayer. I want us to reflect on ourselves. I don't want us to look to the man next to you or the one behind you or in front of you. No, look to yourself. Let's look to ourselves. Let us examine ourselves. Where do we stand from this? Because the establishment of the prayer means a number of things. From those things is that we have khushur. We have humility inside of our prayer. We have concentration inside of our prayer. That when we are praying, our minds are not drifting here and there and all over the place. But we're concentrating on what we're saying. We're concentrating on what we're doing. This is from the establishment of the prayer. From the establishment of the prayer is that we pray correctly. We pray correctly. And how is that? That is to pray according to the sunnah of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has commanded us to do. Where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Pray as you see me praying. So we're supposed to pray like what? Like the way the Prophet ﷺ prayed. We're supposed to pray in the manner the Prophet ﷺ he taught us how to pray. That's how we're supposed to pray. All of this enters into the establishment of the prayer. So are we praying correctly? And if we are praying correctly, inside of our prayer, do we have khushur? Do we have humility inside of our prayer? In order for us to know if we're praying correctly or not, we have to have what? Delete. Do you have delete for what you do inside the prayer? For every action you do inside the prayer, do you have delete? Do you have a proof and the evidence from the Quran and from the Sunnah that said that's, that that's what you're supposed to be doing inside of the prayer? From the establishment of the prayers that we pray on time. We pray our prayers in their time. Are we praying our prayers in their time? From the establishment of the prayer for the men, for Rijal. Is that they pray in congregation. Where? Inside of the masajid. They pray in congregation. Inside of the masajid. If you live in an area where there's no masjid. Then you still pray in congregation. As much as you're able to do with those Muslims in your area. Ah. Where are we from this? Ah. Where are we from this? Because if we understood the likes of these things. If we understood the importance of the prayer. Then... The masjid, the masajid, they will never have to ask anybody for nothing. There will never be a situation where this masjid closes down because of no financial support. That masjid closes down for no financial support. This musalla closes for no financial support. But rather what? If we truly understood, you will see masajid all over. And when you don't find the masajid, then you will find what a musalla. Why? Because the Muslims in that area, they understand the importance of prayer. They understand the importance of the establishment of the prayer. Allah Ta'ala, He says, Those who establish the prayer, they pray correctly. Hmm. What's important to us? Because if it's important to you, you strive for it. When it's not important to you, what do you do? You make excuses. 
Oh, well, brother, you know, you know, you know, you know, we make a lot of excuses, you see? So what's important to us? These are those who establish the prayer. Allah Ta'ala, he brings another characteristic of theirs. He says, well, you tune the zakat, and they pay the zakat. They pay the zakat. Ah. They establish the prayer. They pay the zakat. There's a lot of benefits in the mention of these two particular things. But ala kulli hal, listen to Allah Ta'ala, listen how Allah Ta'ala ends the ayah, ends this ayah, by saying what? وَهُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ And these are those who have a certain knowledge about the akhirah. They are sure about the akhirah. There's no doubt in their mind. They know they're going to die. They know that there's going to be punishment in the grave or bliss inside the grave. They know they're going to be raised up. They know they're going to be gathered. They're going to be judged by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They know that there's going to be either Jannah or Jahannam. Either going to be heaven or hell. They know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. They know that they're going to be held responsible for what they do. They know they're going to have to answer for what they do. They know if they do good, then they'll be rewarded. They know if they do evil, then they are liable to be punished. They understand this. They know this. So now, what is their motivation in the establishment of the salah? Because they are have a firm and sure, certain belief in the hereafter. What is the motivation for the payment of the zakah, for, for, for letting go of that worldly, that piece of worldly uh, thing and giving it up in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why are they able to do this with the ease? Why? Because they are sure about the akhirah. They know they are returning to their Lord. They are those who have a certain knowledge that they are going to return to their Lord. They, when it comes to the akhirah, there is certainty. This is from the descriptions of what? Of the good doers. How many of us will want to say that we're from the good doers? All of us will want to make that claim. All of us will want to claim that and say, yes, I'm a good doer. I'm from the good doers. But are we? Are we? Are we? Imam Sa'adi, he mentions, he says, Then he mentions, then Allah Ta'ala, he describes and he mentions the believers as having Certain knowledge in what in the akhirah, naam, certain knowledge in the akhirah, and this is certainty. Now, listen, listen, because a yeah, person come and say, I have certainty, I'm certain, it's easy to say, but what does this certainty do? The Imam goes on and he says, that. Certainty, in reality, certainty, what? It necessitates, it will push a person without any other option. It will necessitate action, righteous good deeds. The person who is certain, he has action. He comes forth with action, righteous good deeds, and he will have fear from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's like if a person came inside and he says, listen, the, the building is on fire, the structure is on fire, the fire alarm has been pulled. The bells are going off. The lights are flashing. Person, he says, I'm certain there's a fire in this building. I'm certain about it. But I'm not going to move. I'm going to stay right here. My chair is too comfortable. Too comfortable. I'm sleepy right now. I don't feel like it. So I'm going to sit right here. But I believe you. I'm certain. I don't know. I know. The building's on fire. It's about to all burn down to ashes. But I'm going to stay right here. What would you say about that person? One, you're going to say he's crazy. And then you're going to say what? He don't believe the, the building really on fire. Because if he believed the building was on fire, what would happen? He'll get a believe. Because certainty of a thing necessitates 
acting in the action that is required by whatever thing that you're certain about. Huh? That makes sense? So if we're certain about the akhirah, huh? I want us to evaluate our certainty and or lack thereof by way of our actions. Do we act like we're certain or not? Because it necessitates action. It necessitates fear from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you find that these ones who are good doers, so they abandon disobedience unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They strive to stay away from sin and transgression. When they fall up and they mess up, then they ask for forgiveness because none of us is perfect. None of us is perfect. So when we make mistakes, we ask for forgiveness. But they strive to stay away from transgression. And Allah Ta'ala, He described them as having action. And from the actions, He specifically mentioned two tremendous outstanding actions and they are the establishment of the prayer and giving of charity and giving of charity where are we ibad when that person gives that charity when he pays his zakah you know what he's doing he's showing or she is showing that what that that their love for Allah's pleasure their love and seeking that which will please Allah is stronger than their love for the money. Stronger than their love for the money. However much a person may love money and what they think money can do for them. Because you know some people they say that. I don't love the money, I love what I can do with it. Okay. You love what it, the money can do for you. Okay. Do you think whatever little bit you spend on this or you spend on this article of clothes or this article of jewelry or upon this car, upon, 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 do you think you're going to get more out of that transaction? Or out of the payment of zakat? Do you think you're going to get more out of whatever you spend and put in your belly? Or you're going to get more on giving sadaqah in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Because what's connected to spending in Allah's way is the jannah. The jannah. What's connected to spending on your belly? Whatever you put in your belly. So which transaction do you want? Which one sound better to you? You see? In any event, these are some of the characteristics that Allah Ta'ala He mentions in these opening ayat. In these opening ayat of Surah Luqman. Let us reflect upon them, Bithnilahi Ta'ala. Let us contemplate upon them, inshallah Ta'ala. Because Allah Ta'ala, He goes on to explain to us that these goodly doors then these are the ones who are al-muflihun these are the ones who are successful these will be the ones who will attain the ultimate success and there's not a single one from amongst us except that we want to be successful we have to hold on to our deen we have to hold on to our religion we have to hold on to that gift in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us alhamdulillah all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah, reflect Ya Ibad, Faqimus Salah.